The following audio is from The Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Well, good morning, everybody. I feel like I haven't seen you since last year. Sorry, dumb jokes. Hey, uh, seriously, welcome though. My name is Jesse. I'm the youth pastor. Um, if you may have seen in that video, I'm the guy who had like the disgusting like 70s like sideburns shaved into my uh, facial hair. Uh, Joy, my wife, almost didn't let me come home that day, so that was really fun. Um, she was like, "You need to shave before you come in this house." So figured it out. But um, anyways, I'm excited to be with you all today and to be closing out our series, That 70s Christmas. I know for some of you, you know, maybe you put away the decorations already. You're ready to move on. Uh, But we got one more week where we're talking about the Christmas story a little bit today. If you're taking notes, uh, we're going to be landing in a couple places. We'll be in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 26, and then also in Mark chapter 10, I believe, verse 46, and then Hebrews 11 as well. So we'll be jumping around a little bit today, but I'm just excited to share what I believe God has kind of put on my heart for all of us going into the new year, and I just hope that it speaks to you today. And I want to highlight one thing from that video. Again, winter camp is coming up, and the video said that the cost is $275. We actually have extended the early registration price through the end of today, and the reason is we just want to give families every opportunity opportunity to have camp be a reality for their student. And I believe firmly in winter camp and summer camp, and it's a ton of fun. Um, I live and die for camps is what I tell people, because I know that one, you have a lot of fun, you make a lot of memories, but also God moves in some pretty incredible ways at camp. Um, I remember specifically being in, at winter camp and you know, hearing a message from a speaker, and then right after that, you know, when God speaks to you and moves in your life, then you go like risk your life on a sledding hill, and it's super fun. Um, just kidding. It's not really that risky, but um, they have helmets, so that's a good thing. But you know, those are just some cool memories that I have, and God worked in my life in really powerful ways. And so if you're out there today, and you're a student, and maybe you're a little on the fence about attending, or you're a family, and maybe you know, even finances are tight, there's no shame in that, we do have scholarships available. Uh, so please, like, we want to try to remove any excuse for your student to not go to camp. So if you would like to have a conversation with me, I'll be in the lobby uh, before or after this. And also just want to say welcome again, if you're attending online, we're so glad that you're joining us today from wherever you are. Maybe you couldn't make it out of your driveway and so you're at home in your pajamas. I'm a little jealous, but it's all good. And so anyway, today we're going to be jumping into a message and it's a typical It could be a typical New Year's message, right? Where you get to hear from the youth pastor because it's National Youth Pastor Preaching Sunday on New Year's. Uh, All of my friends around the world speaking right now. I don't have friends around the world. Who am I kidding? But (laughs) I'm here with you. So uh, we could talk about New Year's resolutions, right? Uh, We could talk about how do we set godly goals and all those different things. And here's the deal. We can have conversations about setting resolutions, about godly goals, all those different things. But if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that we can plan and we can set goals all we want, but sometimes life is gonna say differently, right? For example, really common New Year's resolution, I'm gonna go to the gym. Yes, we all said it in unison. What was closed for a long time? The gym. Uh, We're gonna travel more. Well, that also kind of was compromised. And so we could talk about resolutions, but what God has laid on my heart to talk about today that I believe all of us need to hear is how do we not just set resolutions, uh, but how do we navigate it when life is out of our control? 
You see, all of us will encounter situations that are outside of our control. If the snow this past week showed us anything, it's that mother nature is outside of our control. And personally, I love snow. Anyone with me, you love the snow? Okay, awesome. Um, if you're online, I'm assuming that's why, because you probably don't love the snow. So you want to stay home. I'm going to drink my cocoa, my coffee. It's going to be good. Any people who are not snow people here? Okay. Hey, no, that's more than I expected. That's okay. We'll pray for you today. It's all good. You know, for me though, I have the luxury. I live like across the fence from the church. So my commute is walking. And so, you know, I just snowshoed. I, you know, hooked my black lab up to a sled and dog sledded here. Like not actually. Um, actually, okay, funny story. This was not planned. Um, I tried to go to Starbucks today, but they were closed um, on the way into church. And as I was coming back, I got a little overconfident in my neighborhood because they didn't plow it. And I was coming around the corner a little faster than I probably should have with the snow and totally like fishtailed way out and had to like counter steer and everything. And meanwhile, it's my fence right there. So if I hit that thing, then it's between me and my wife. <laughs> and so didn't want that to happen. And it was, it was all good. Um, but right, there's things in our life that are outside of our control. Whether or not it snows, whether or not you like it, has no impact on whether or not the snow is going to do what the snow is going to do. Uh, other situations in our life that are outside of our control, the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to just leave that there. <laughs> But maybe there's other situations in your life that are a little more serious, right? And as we go through life, there's lots of things that we encounter that are outside of our control. That could be everything, you know, if you're in here, you know, maybe you're the young adult demographic, you're thinking about careers, colleges, applying different places. Maybe you don't get the opportunities you were hoping for, not necessarily within your control. Maybe you're out here today and it's simply the loss of a job over the past year, not necessarily within your control. Um, is that a jet? Sorry, if you're online, that's probably really confusing. I get sidetracked squirrel somewhere. Um, but maybe for you, right, it could be a loss of a job. Uh, maybe for you, it's a lost loved one um, who maybe doesn't know Christ and you've been praying for them for years to come to Jesus, but you feel like it's not working. And maybe you know, within that too, you think, man, God, I've been praying so much that they would come to know you, that they would discover your love and your grace, but it's not happening. Maybe something outside of your control is a broken family relationship. And those things can be exemplified at the holidays, right? When you see those people you see a few times a year and you either remember like, oh, hey, they said this thing to me then and I'm upset or they're mad at me because I made a mistake or whatever that could look like. There's lots of situations that we encounter as people that are outside of our control. It's a part of life. And so the question I want us to wrestle with today is simply this, where do you run when your control runs out? When you encounter a situation in your life where you don't know what to do, where the next step seems fuzzy, where you're not sure how to proceed and move forward, where do you run? You see, all of us, whether or not we like to admit it, we run to something when we feel like we don't have control. And for some of us out there, maybe when you feel like you don't have control in the situation in life, you turn to workaholism. You think, man, if I can just work harder, if I can control things in my department or my job and get things done, you know, I have control over this, so I'm gonna work really hard. Maybe something that you turn to when you feel like you don't have control is a relationship. 
whether that is dating, whether it's a friendship, whether there's some codependency, that could be any number of things. Maybe you turn to social media and distractions, which a quick side note, my wife and I looked at our um, screen time reports. She's a teacher, so she's been on Christmas break, and I was working from home this week, and it wasn't good, just to be honest. Uh, but we turn to social media and screens for distraction. Uh, maybe for you, um, it's alcohol or something else to numb the pain. And you might stand, sit here and think like, well, like, you know, I'm not an alcoholic necessarily. That's not really me. You know, it just takes the edge off. Uh, but that's still running to something to help alleviate tension you're feeling in your life. All of us run to something and it looks different for each and every one of us. And what I wanna talk about today is how do we proceed and how do we run to Jesus when life and situations are out of our control? You see, ultimately what we as people do is we turn to things that are powerless rather than a God who is all powerful. And when we look at the Christmas story, what I love to see is how God's hand is at work, how his supernatural power demonstrated itself time and time again in ways and situations where it was entirely out of the control of people. You have angels appearing to Mary and Joseph through dreams or just randomly saying, hey, you're gonna have a kid. His name's gonna be Jesus. He's gonna be the savior of the world. That's pretty crazy. You have choirs of angels appearing to shepherds in the fields at night, proclaiming glory to God in the highest. You have the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, where when they find out that they're also having a baby, Zechariah's tongue is tied because he doesn't believe God initially. You have all of these crazy supernatural stories throughout the Christmas story. And if God can work in those ways back then, why can't God work in our life today? When situations are outside of our control, when we don't understand the next step, why can't God's supernatural power still be at work in the coming year? A question for all of us today as we go on in this message is simply this. What does it look like to ask for and expect the supernatural in our lives as we enter 2022. You see, today we're gonna to be looking at a portion of the Christmas story that if we're honest, we probably don't talk about a ton in church necessarily. Because the story has some pretty traumatic things that happen and pretty crazy things that go on. And typically I think where we tend to focus is, hey, you know, here's the story of Jesus and he's born. We sing Silent Night and then we go home and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes God works in ways that we don't necessarily expect him to. And in situations where from the outside, we may look at it and say, man, God, I don't understand why that had to be that way. And so in the story today, we're in Matthew chapter two, verses 13 through 23. And where we pick up is right after the Magi, the wise men have visited Jesus. And Jesus, they estimate, was anywhere up to, you know, a newborn to two years old at this time. And what we see is that Joseph and Mary find themselves in a situation that is completely outside of their control. So in verse 13, it says, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. 
Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. Verse 19, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream in Egypt. Get up. There he goes, doing that thing again. The angel said, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Let's pray today. God, I thank you so much for your word. And God, I thank you, God, that in situations, God, where things are outside of our control, God, where we don't understand how things are happening, God, I thank you that you are at work in our life. God, I thank you that you work in unexpected ways. And God, today, I pray that as we process this story and navigate this conversation, God, that you would, through your spirit, reveal the areas to us in our life where you are working, where God, maybe we're missing it. God, I pray that you would reveal that to us today. God, speak your truth, convict us. God, where we need it, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I want us all for a second to imagine being Joseph and Mary in this story. Imagine this, you have a young kid, anywhere from the you know, probably one to two-year-old range. Maybe they're sleeping through the night, maybe they're not. And then God appears to you in a dream. Maybe you just got them to sleep and says, hey, get up, pack up your family, someone's gonna kill you, go. Imagine for yourself being in that position. Exciting thing for my wife, Joy, and I, uh, we found out this fall that we're gonna be welcoming our little baby girl in June. And so that's a really exciting thing. Um, but here's the deal though. Everyone tells me you're not gonna sleep at all. And if God woke me up in a dream and said, hey, some guy from Lake Stevens is going to kill you, get up and go to Egypt. I'd be like, what? Like, that's ridiculous. But this is what happens in this story. Joseph and Mary just had a baby. He was maybe up to the toddler age. The wise men visited. Everything seems to be going well. Remember that story? They brought the expensive gifts, the gold, frankincense, the PlayStation 5, all of that uh, for Jesus. I'm just kidding. And then God says, hey, get up and go. And on top of that, once it's finally time for you to come back, there's someone else who's gonna try to kill you. So you're gonna go live somewhere else instead. Imagine going through this. Imagine being Joseph and Mary. You're a young family. You're trying to navigate all of these changes that you're going through that are pretty big changes. But in this story, God wants them to do something that is not what they expect. Today, what we need to understand is that God's supernatural power was at work, that God was doing something in their life, but it wasn't necessarily according to their plan or next steps that they thought were best. God works in the same way in our lives. When we think we know what God should do, when we think we know how it should happen, God oftentimes will move in the opposite. And when God works in supernatural ways, it often does not make sense to us. You see, I can imagine for the story of Mary and Joseph that if they had things their way, 
that if they could rewind time and go back to the beginning, that maybe they would have been able to have the baby in their hometown. Maybe he wouldn't have had to be born in a manger. Maybe they wouldn't have had to travel for a census leading up to his birth. There's all these things that they probably would have wanted to do differently. And I think in our lives, when we're looking for the supernatural power of God to be at work, to move in our situations, we have a specific idea of what we want God to do. We say, God, if you're gonna move in this situation, it's gonna look exactly like this. And this is gonna happen at this time and everything's gonna be great. But for the story of Mary and Joseph, God was definitely working. God saw the story from beginning to end. And within that, he led them and guided them through it. As I was preparing for this message, I was reading about Matthew chapter two in a commentary and I found a quote that I thought was very profound talking about the story. But talking about God, it says, God will be found to work miracles when we can hardly see a pressing need for them and to refrain from working miracles just where we think they would be most effective. But it's so true. You and I have ideas of where we think God should move and how we think it would be the most effective. When we go through situations that are outside of our control, it can be challenging because it's outside of our control. But when things are outside of our control, they're within God's control. We can trust that his power is at work in our lives. We have to look that if we're looking for God's power to move, we also need to expect the unexpected. We have to learn to listen, to hear, to understand where God is leading us. You see, what I love about the story of Joseph and Mary is that when God would appear to Joseph in these dreams, at least from what's told in the scripture, Joseph didn't respond with a lot of pushback, with a lot of questions, with a lot of that, but instead Joseph willingly obeyed. He may have had doubts, he may have had questions, but at the end of the day, he got up and he was obedient to what God was leading him to do. You see, oftentimes when God's power is at work in our life, he's not necessarily gonna spell out, here's everything that you have to do, but he has called us to faithfully follow him, to trust him when things don't necessarily make sense. As we go into 2022, in what area is God calling you to trust in him when things are outside of your control? To remind yourself and say, God, I trust that you are working in this area of my life. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews 11.1. 1, and it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. See, I love this verse because it reminds us that to have faith is also to have confidence, but then also to be assured that God is working. When I look back on my own life and my story and things I've navigated, there's tons of times in my life where I have felt so far out of my depth, where I felt like God was leading me to do things that I didn't fully understand, where I was experiencing things in my life that were deeply hard, and I'm not just saying this, but it's true. And in those moments, as I was navigating challenges and processing pain and all these other things and saying, God, I don't understand, I was able to look back on my life and go back to the moment where I was a student at a camp and I gave my heart to Jesus. 
to go through my time in high school and college and to see God's faithful hand at work in my life. And that gave me confidence and assurance that God was working back then and God is still working today. And can I tell you today that in your life, God is actively working on your behalf, that his power hasn't gone silent. It may not feel like it's moving in the moment, but God is orchestrating things in your life and in your situation today, even if it's out of your control. Going into the new year, will you trust in that? Will you have faith in God? Will you have an obedience to him to pursue what he is calling you to? Earlier in the message today, I asked this question, where do you run when your control runs out? Is it to security in a job? Is it to distractions? Is it to things that numb the pain? Is it to relationships? Or do you run to Jesus? If I could encourage you with one thing today as we enter into this new year, and that is that when your control runs out, run to Jesus. When your understanding runs out, run to Jesus. When your knowledge of what the next best step is, run to Jesus. When you feel lost and insecure, run to Jesus. Run to God, trust in his power. This means that as we enter into 2022, we need to expect God to move and we also need to ask him to move. Today, can I ask you, what's one situation in your life? Maybe it's one that's been going on for years or it just happened, where you're having a hard time expecting God to move where you're saying, man, the past couple years have been really tough, been waiting on God for a while. God, when are you going to move? What is that situation? Is it a lost family member who doesn't know Christ? Is it someone who you know who has an illness? Is it the loss of a job? It could be any number of things. But what I love is that when we expect God to move, it may not always be in ways that we expect. I love that we can trust that he is working. One of my favorite stories from the Bible comes from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And it says, Jesus is going to Jericho. And it says, and as they came to Jericho, and as he was, so, and they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, and he came and left real fast. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And then Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. You see, when I look at this story, you have this man who clearly has a situation that is beyond his control. His sight is gone, he can't see. And in response to this, he goes before Jesus and he says, God, hey, I need you to heal me. Here's the situation that I have going on. And from the outside looking in, I would think, man, it should be pretty obvious what he needs Jesus to do. 
But Jesus asks this question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? The reason I think that question is so interesting and powerful is because again, it should have been pretty obvious in that moment. So why would Jesus make the guy articulate, hey, here's what's going on. I think that in our lives, God has called us to place our faith and our trust in him. And when we have a situation that's outside of our control that we don't necessarily understand, that there is something to be said for going to God with faith and saying, God, here's this situation that's outside of my control. God, I need you to move in this area of my life. I believe that today God is asking us, what do you want me to do for you in the new year? And he's calling us to go to him in faith and to tell him to articulate it. And that's important because it demonstrates that when we're here at church, when we're singing songs, it's not just paying lip service to God, but when the rubber meets the road throughout our week, we're actually willing to go to God in prayer. So what is that situation in your life where you've maybe given up expecting God to do something? Can I encourage you going into the new year to rekindle that faith and trust in Jesus? just as Bartimaeus the blind beggar did, to go before God and to say, God, I need you. God, here's what I need you to do for me. And to trust that God is working on your behalf. Here's the deal. I don't understand why God answers certain prayers and other prayers he doesn't. That's way beyond my wisdom and knowledge. I don't know. But what I do know is that God's power in my own life and in your life too is working on your behalf. And it may be in ways that you don't fully understand, but what would it look like for all of us together to go into 2022 and to say, God, right now, we're gonna pursue you. God, we're gonna expect your power to move in my life and in these situations. A couple of easy ways to respond to this message. Number one, on your way in today, you all got a connect card. And if you didn't, um, you can also fill it out online through the Grove Church app. Um, There's lots of ways you can do that. But maybe for you, what it looks like is today to write down a situation on your prayer card and ask our team to be praying for you. To say, God, there's a situation that's going on in my life. God, that's outside of my control where God, maybe I've given up expecting you to move and God, I need you to. If you're watching online today, we'll have a link to the online connect card. You can also fill it out through the app, but we wanna be praying with you as well. What is that situation? And then the next part of the response is a little more on you. And that's to say, God, throughout this coming year, I may not understand what's gonna happen. God, it could be a great year. There could be a lot of hard things. But God, regardless of what happens, I'm gonna commit to asking you to move, to asking your power to be displayed in my life. Maybe it's as simple as saying, God, I'm gonna remind myself to be in God's word to spend time in prayer. I love that this year we're doing a monthly Bible reading plan. Every single month of the year, you'll have an opportunity to follow along and read with your church family in the scriptures. But when we read the scripture consistently, it reminds us again of what God has done in the past, of how he's been working and how he'll continue to move in the future. Maybe for you, it's a simple, God, I'm gonna set a reminder on my phone whether it's during my commute to work, whether it's while I'm getting ready in the morning, whether it's at a set time before I go to bed, God, I'm gonna set a reminder to be in prayer. God, to bring that situation before you where I've given up, where I feel like I'm done expecting you to move. You may feel like you've given up, 
but God has not given up on you, your life, your situation, the people you know, your future. His plans and purposes are still good and they're still there. And I believe in the new year that God wants to restore that confidence, that expectancy, that even if we don't fully understand his power and his grace and his love are still at work in your life. Maybe you're here today and you would say, no, I'm not really a follower of Jesus. This is all sort of new for me. I'm here because I'm in town with family for New Year's or I just walked in today. Can I just tell you that there is a God who loves you? That there is a God who has a great plan and purpose for your life. And if you feel like things are way outside of your control, it's because they probably are, but they're in God's control. And God cares about your situation. And today, man, I would just encourage you that if you're here and that's you, that a relationship with Jesus is one of the greatest decisions you can ever make. Doesn't mean you'll have all the answers. Doesn't mean things will make sense, but it does mean that you'll be able to trust confidently in knowing that there is a God who loves you and a God who cares. And this wasn't planned at all, but if that is you today, if you just wanna write that on your connect card, I give my heart to Jesus. Uh, Personally, I would love just to follow up with you and let you know that I'm praying with you this week. And the thing is, man, again, that relationship with God, it changes your life. And if you're here today and maybe you've been doing this walk with God for a while and you, again, you've given up on that situation, I would, again, I would encourage you, write that on your Connect card as well. Say, God, I need you to move in this life and we, in this situation, we'd love to be praying for you. But what situation is it again in your life where you need God to move in 2022? I just wanna take a moment and pray for you. God, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for your great love for us. God, I thank you that even when we feel like giving up, God, when we feel like a situation is outside of our control, God, I thank you, Lord, that you are working in our life. God, even if we don't necessarily see it, God, even if we don't necessarily feel it, God, even if things don't necessarily add up or make sense to us, God, I pray that you would be with us the whole way through. God, that you would embolden us. God, help us to trust in you. God, renew our faith. God, for the individual today, God, who is discouraged, who feels like giving up. God, I pray, Lord, that you would fill them with your hope. God, that today they would know that you're at work in their life. God, that you are working on their behalf. God, your power, God, it hasn't gone dormant. God, it is still so active for all of us. And God, I pray that into 2022, God, we would lean into you. We would lean into your word. We would lean into trusting you. God, we love you. God, we proclaim that today. God, nothing in this life surprises you. And I thank you that you are God and you are good and you are in control. So God, be with us as we go into the coming year. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.